Welcome to episode 51 of I Dream of Cameras, the podcast about cameras and camera collecting, brought to you by the gang at the Sunny 16 Podcast. My name is Jeff Greenstein. And my name is Gabe Sachs. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. It is episode 51 <laughs> after a very interesting 5-0, which we're kind of excited about. Thank you. Thank you, Chris Chu. Um, we were on TV, sort of, Jeff. We... I don't even know how to process what the events of the last three months have been like. It's been crazy. The last time we sat down to record an episode like this was February 1st. You're kidding. And we had been told by our listeners that they don't care about the six hours that I edit. They don't care about that. Uh, So we had smashed out an episode very, very quickly that was rapturously praised. And then elapsed months as we debated what the 50th should be. And then we looped in the magnificent Chris Chu, who made a work of art. I don't know what to say. It was like Amazing. my dinner with Andre, only better and with cameras. <laughs> That's how I describe it. My dinner with Andre, only better with cameras. Yeah. Right. And so now here we okay. sit. We are back at the old coal face. It's we are just here. you and me and here. a pair of microphones. And <laughs> and here we are to do it again for the second 50. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. We're almost at 100. We're just get, we're just I, around the corner from 100. Just around the corner. I have. I mean, I was saying to Gabe right before we started recording, I've completely forgotten how to do this. <laughs> um, I feel like we were in a rhythm and I've lost it. Well, so, well, here's what I haven't lost. I haven't lost the fact that you were just going to ask me what happened 51 years ago. Gabe, uh, you know, it's interesting you should mention that. What happened 51 oh, years ago? What, even, what year goodness, was that? That was 1972. And 1972. one of our favorite cameras came out. Actually, two, I'd say one of our favorite, ah. one of our almost favorite cameras came out. Can you tell me which that is? Uh, Pentax 6x7? No. Um, <laughs> oh, geez. 72. 72. Would that be the Pentax K1000? Oh, you're sticking with Pentax. It is the Olympus OM1, my friend. No, wait a second. 1972. What are you do- Listen. Gabe. Introduced <sighs> in 1972, the OM1 was the first <sighs> product in the Gabe. OM series. Are you aware that in our last episode, episode 50, it was you the, said that the OM-1 was released I in 1973? Lied. I lied about that. <laughs> um, but that's okay, because oh, I was man. just I was just anticipating what's going to happen. Wait, wait. Before I go into that, do you know yes. what else? Another one of your favorite cameras. The uh, Polaroid SX-70. I knew that was 72. Okay, yes. good. I feel better. About I remember that. this quite well. <laughs> wait, the wait, Polaroid wait. The Polaroid SX70, yes. Nikon F2. We talked about that as a 73 camera. No, no, too, no. Gabe. It was almost 73. It was actually 72. Oh, and wait, you ready? Golly. Wait, you ready? Yes. Ready? Yes. The Rolai A26. Yes. I don't know what that is. Is that a 126 <laughs> camera? Yes, it is. Oh. How, how do you not know what that is? That's so good. The legendary, you know, it is one of the ugliest cameras ever made. Have you seen it? Uh, yeah, it's as it's if a you box. took a, yeah, no, but it's as if you took a Pentax 
um, Auto 110 and just stretched it vertically. Yeah, it's incredibly hideous. So I just want to point out, Gabe, that in that rundown, we have completely blown our credibility. All credibility we had is over. Oh, no, no. Because all those 72 cameras... We have credibility. We're also... Okay. All right. That's fine. I'm going to That's say fine. they all came out in 73, 72, 71. You know what? They were the early 70s. They came out in the early 70s. And that's what that's what happened 51 years ago. It was sort of the early 70s. Well done. Well done. Well, uh, I have a little, uh, <laughs> some notes here uh, on what we're going to try and cover today. Excellent. Um, and uh, I had, here's where I wanted to start. The response to our 50th episode was extraordinary. It was a rapturous outpouring of praise, exaltation. I mean, part of it, I think, was the pent-up demand, but also people seeing us in 3D, people (laughs) commented, I know what the sides of your faces look like now. (laughs) They also mentioned putting a face to the voice, which... I, I don't know if it was always said in the most flattering fashion. No, of I think course it was not. like, oh, yeah. now I put a face to the voice. Yeah. You know, I was but, nervous um, about I got I gotta be honest with you. I was really nervous about it. And if you want to know that if you want full transparency, I told Jeff and Chris to get rid of the comments. Like I didn't oh, yes. even want, want yes. I didn't even want comments there because I was so nervous that people were gonna hate it. That I just I yes. couldn't take it. I couldn't take the rejection. Yeah, Sorry. but I'll tell you the uh, all the comments on the uh, YouTube page were uniformly positive. By the way, we are now I dream of cameras on YouTube. Uh, I don't know exciting. if you'll ever see anything surface there again, <laughs> but uh, we do have one video there. I also want to say, and maybe some of the uh, listeners who watched it four or five times, as I know a lot of our listeners do, <laughs> uh, might have noticed. A lot was left on the cutting room floor. Oh, yes, there was. Yes, there was. But we also put it in Chris's hands happily to do yes. his thing because we needed someone, you know, outside of our nudnickness, as I'd like yes. to say. It's important to note this never would have happened. No. If you had left it to Gabe and me to do it. Never. It never would have happened. No, we would have talked about it. Was it was Chris's camera work, Chris's expertise, his technical know-how, his microphones, his cameras. Everything was Chris. So... I don't want any of what I'm about to say to be seen as in any way critical because what he put together was a masterpiece. However, we had an entire letters segment that did not air. So I know that this ongoing conversation with our fans, with our followers, with our acolytes is important to you guys. And I just want to tell you, there were about 18 emails that were meticulously discussed that I think was deemed visually uninteresting. (laughs) So I apologize. We are going to do this. How about this, Gabe? I had an idea. I had an idea. I didn't clear this with Gabe before. Yes. What if we declare a uniform, one-time only, letters amnesty? Oh, that's a good one. I'm in. I mean, we we could do that. We could do that because otherwise we have, I am looking at the list, 33 emails oh backlogged. So here's what I want to say to all those people who wrote, to John, to Alan, to Tom, to Robert, to Michelle, to Richard, to Kieran, to James, to Heath, to Martin, to Alan again, to Gideon, to Howard, to Brian, 
to Howard, to Ian, to Alan, to Heath, to Steve, to Gideon again, to Alan again, to Brody Half, a new emailer, to Alan and Heath again. Fred's going to write a song to this, by the way. I think that's important. We love you. We appreciate you. Please keep writing. But we are moving <laughs> Oh, boy. What do you think? Is that terrible what I just did? I think it's just fine. It's just so fine. they know we love them. It's not like anything, you know, personal. Here's what I will say. If the topic was extremely important to you, resend your email. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just resend it, baby. Resend it. Okay. Rest assured that it was read, digested, and responded to in a in the open-hearted fashion that we always bring to this show but we <laughs> so funny it's we are resetting the counter so there will be no prodigious mailbag there won't even be a music cue gabe i'm uh, not even sure there was a music cue just now no i think we just used the music cue <laughs> okay so there will be no prodigious <laughs> mailbag but the mailbag will return in full force Perfect. in our next episode uh, we are going to move on org and talk about so the events of the last couple of weeks since we did that 50. Oh, boy. Okay. Are My you goodness. ready, Gabe Sachs? Yeah, I want to ask you about something. Oh, oh by yeah. the way, I think you know now, those of you who watched or listened to the 50th, there used to be a lot of prep that went into this, okay? A lot mm-hmm. of discussion beforehand. No prep, no yeah. discussion. Oh, yes. I'm throwing this at Gabe. He doesn't know what I'm going to ask him about. Gabe we just did a portrait shoot. We had board meetings about this. We did. Yes. <clears throat> okay. Gabe just did a portrait shoot. You want to talk about that, baby? Let's hear about it. Can you talk about it? Uh, I, I can talk about I shot a couple friends that okay, are doing a, uh, a podcast coming up, and they asked me to shoot the cover. And I, wow. I decided to do it by myself, which I wasn't thinking much that it was going to be at iHeartRadio in a giant building in okay. Burbank. And I had my, uh, you know, three flashes, you know, the strobe. Yes. And anyway, a white back, uh, white seamless and, uh, you know, the cameras and the batteries. And of course, you had to bring the spares and the spare cameras and the batteries. I had a lot of bags yes. with me. And I had this rickety little dolly, you know, to push the stuff. Wow. So I made three trips up the service elevator and set it up myself. And the shoot was great. I had a lot of fun doing it. But boy, did I realize. And thankfully, one of the hair people used to be a camera assistant. And so he asked me because he saw that everyone was, the makeup was leaving, all the departments were leaving. And he looked at me and said, do you need a hand? I said, only if it's not a pain, but I would love a hand. And he broke that stuff down in two seconds. Like it was, it was like he was a real, you know, photographer's assistant. Like he he blew through that stuff so easily. It was so much fun. Um, Can I but yes, ask, it was, though, it was you very brought, exciting to Okay. Do Did you bring umbrellas and lights and slaves and triggers I, I, and all that stuff? <laughs> all those. I don't know All those things. About. So I brought a, um, it was like sort of a Godox setup. It was, uh, I had my main strobe, I had a strobe to light the backdrop, and I had another side light to light the backdrop, and they wanted very clean against a white, to get a true white backdrop, I, it took me a little while to learn how to do that, but I have done it, and um, 
It was great. It was just a lot of stuff. It was wow. a lot of stuff to do. Can, and a, okay, a lot got, of people we, around. We, yeah. We really have not talked about the technical aspects of a portrait shoot like this before yeah. because a lot of the portraits that I have seen you do, the ones that end up on your Instagram, are in natural light. Yep. In environmental portraits. You're so very good at that. I have seen some studio stuff, but it's like the Fashion Week style studio right. stuff. How do you know how to do this? What do you do? What's your like prototypical lighting setup for something like this? Here it is. Here's how I know how to do this. <laughs> Uh oh. Rafael Hernandez and Chris Chu. I mean, yes. these are my gurus that I can go to and say, okay, what am I doing wrong? Um, a lot of times I went to YouTube and went through things of how to light. It all started with how to get a true white background with one strobe and then went from there. And I really learned from YouTube and just experimenting and doing. So uh, YouTube has been a great tool for me. And it worked. And I've done some at the house. And this was the first time or the second time I actually did it on location. And that was, you know, look, you're always nervous that something's going to go wrong. And, you know, of course, every time something goes wrong. So in this case, the battery for the strobe, it was um, misfiring. So uh. that happened like every four frames. It wouldn't fire. And it was fine. It all worked out. It all worked out. They were happy with the stuff. and But it's just, you know, it's nerve-wracking. Once, once you're shooting, that's the fun part. It's just sort of making sure you get it right. You know, I just admire uh, all those wedding photographers and that do it every day, and they're under that pressure, and they just kill it. I just love that. I, I, I know a lot of them. What camera was brought? I used this? the Leica M10. Okay. The uh, With a trigger. And I also have the Canon R5 with a 24 to 70 lens. And then I brought my little Yashica T4 just for fun. Just for fun. Just have you gotten any of the T4 shots yet? No, I don't have them back yet. Okay. Um, can I ask an R5 sidebar related question? Yes. Uh, there was recently a software update to the R5 that was supposed to do all sorts of cool ass stuff. Did that actually do any cool ass stuff? Are you thinking that I would have any idea how to update my camera <laughs> to the oh, latest oh, software? Oh, okay. Yes. All right. No, I did hear this too, and um, I'll do that. <laughs> oh, okay. So you haven't it done it. I have to figure it out. Yeah. I want to throw it to the listeners. We never ask digital camera questions. No. Do you guys do that? Okay. I did it once for, I, I can't be the Olympus pen. It must be some older, oh, you know what it was for? When I, back when I had the Panasonic Lumix G2, which was my previous digital right. camera, I went through the process of putting the update on an SD card and then putting in the SD card and running it and so forth. And I couldn't tell the difference. I have worked with, when I right. directed a web series many years ago, the DP had a hacked firmware that enabled the camera to do all sorts of tricks. This was a Canon T2i, I believe, Rebel T2i. Right. Um, enabled to do all sorts of tricks that it couldn't do otherwise and stuff. Do you guys update stuff? Do you I'd go through that process? I'd love to yeah, hear. Very interesting. You know, we cover the waterfront here, guys. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's all us. right. So you were very specifically looking for that Richard Avdon white drop. You know, were you looking for kind of a blown out look or is it? Well, this like, is how, not how did... my thing. So what it is, is that magazines, like when I shot Cal Pen for People magazine. Yes. They want a white 
clean oh. background. So this is the same thing. iHeart wanted a clean white background so they could take it, do their graphics and do everything that they do with it in post. And so I just have to deliver them something that's, you know, pretty clean. And, you know, they're all different shots. I mean, it's not like I did straight yeah. portraits. It's, it was two people and and uh, we did a bunch of fun stuff. So they'll they're just narrowing them down. And the problem why I have is like, because it's easier yeah, for graphics. So if you have it on a white thing, they could manipulate everything in the background. They could put whatever color they want in the background. They don't have to be okay. married to one thing. So what are the challenges of shooting with a couple as opposed to just one sitter and where you're trying to show the relationship between the two people? No. Are there challenges or is it easier? N no, it's, it's just that you're keeping, you know, with strobes, your f-stop is, I mean... I'm not that fancy, but it's like at F8 or F11, you're okay. It's a, in other words, you're not in that situation where it's, are you, is everyone going to be in focus? You're not, you know, you're not sort of, those challenges aren't there uh, when okay. I'm shooting. So I don't really have to deal with that. And um, it was fine. Like I didn't think of it. It was just sort of making sure the fear is that the strobes don't work and it's going to be, it's not going to be a white background. That's really that's okay. really the fear. Other than that, I'm you know forget it. It's it's totally okay. Fine. So you were happy with the results, and my understanding is they were happy with the results as well because they did they look at them on the spot, or did you send them after you? Had no, kind of what's, what's, the best? what's interesting is I it is so it takes so long. I know everyone uses Dropbox and on and on, but I've had issues with mine where yeah. I have to keep giving permission, even though I give them permission oh. for all of them. It just, it's so there was a dish. So I actually did the old fashioned way and did it on a thumb drive. And uh, we were hanging out yesterday anyway. So they came over to the house. I see. It's very okay. fun. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm, I saw a couple of the shots. They're cool. Maybe you'll share them when it's appropriate we'll to see. do so. But they were really, really good shots. And cool. the, and the film, and on the film side, which I was, uh, which we talked about briefly, but I'm really loving the Canon EOS 3. I don't know what it is. Okay, I just talk love about it. that. What's the deal, man? So I, as you know, I did that shoot with my friend Olivia in the pouring rain. And yeah. I shot the Canon EOS 3 and the Hasselblad 501CM. And I didn't have an issue with either of them. And I was in shock. I did have an issue wow. with my Roloflex 2.8 from 1959. That, oh. that broke in the middle of the shoot, but is since been fixed, which I have not tried out yet. But... That was a disaster. Other than, um, but these cameras, like the Canon EOS three, who and who knew? I never really shot with it. I don't know the first thing about the EOS three. It's a film camera. It's perfect. It's so now, great. Now I had the five, as you know, yep. and uh, it is the last autofocus film camera I will ever own. I got rid of it in a fit of pique. <laughs> I have talked about this in a previous episode. I bought this camera. Because uh, I was a Canon devotee, right? You know, remember, guys, there was a point where I had an EF, an FTB, a Pelix. Uh, I mean, I had a slew of these things, Canon through and through. So I'm like, all right, if I'm going to go autofocus, I'm going to go Canon. I bought an A2E, then I upgraded it to an EOS five, and I set this camera aside to take on a cross country trip. By the way, this will be salient for a story I'm about to tell. Um. 
I brought the A2E and the, I mean the EOS 5 and all the trimmings, couple of lenses. I was all ready to go, dozens of rolls of film. And as a backup, just in case, I brought my Olympus 35RD rangefinder, which has a very nice f1.7 fixed lens. The, e, the EOS 5's command dial failed on the first day of a two-week trip, rendering it useless, and I had to shoot this entire trip oh, on the no. Olympus rangefinder. Oh, boy. Now, the pictures are great, right? but I would say if there were a point when I began to <laughs> recede as a Canon fanboy, it started there. And it definitely, like I said, I got rid of that. I had it repaired, right? and then I got rid of it. Never again. Not my jam. Yeah. So I know people, I know that EOS cameras are considered undervalued. I believe Mr. Trev Lee. Trev Lee loves them. The yeah. EOS. Yeah. It's a great backup to his, the Rebel and all of those. Yeah. That's cool. What else are you shooting with these days? Uh, I think, you know, I'm, I'm trying the, my, going back to the, the Hexar, the Konica Hexar oh. AF. Hey. Which I'm very excited about. And then I was lent by the amazing Victoria, who yes. we, we met at Beers and Cameras. She also graciously picked up my uh, Canon, I mean, my Roloflex from our repair person. And she was getting cameras fixed. This. Ooh, what is that? <clears throat> Chin on. How about that? Multifocus. Yep. What I, is it? You know. Wow. Uh, I'm trying it out. I'm just, I'm just excited to try it out. It's just sort of, you know, how I get in this thing about, you know, I have to have this little camera, or I, yeah. I the, the other thing is, I have to get, I don't know. I get, I'm sure you do this too, but it's late at night. You're on eBay. You start getting into the, you start looking yes. at stuff. Yeah. About like the, um, you know, like. You know, uh, Victoria has this company, Tiny Ca Tiny Camera Store, which is at Tiny Camera Store on Instagram, and she's uh, frame and grain, uh, frame in grain yeah. on Instagram, and so she knows a lot about these small compact cameras. So I'm always asking her about this, and then she got really into this Bessa too, and so I'm oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, the Bessa too, and I act like I know and I have no idea, and then of course I go down the rabbit hole. And I start checking everything out. And then I start seeing portraits taken with them that are beautiful. Wow. And I'm going, oh, my gosh. Do I have to get one of these cameras? Is that like a screw mount or is that M mount? I really don't know. I really don't know. You have to look it up. I feel like we, sh I feel like we should uh, inform our fans. Yes. The Bessa R2? Is that what the, we're referring to? No, the to? Bessa 2. Ooh. I think it's a folder. Oh, so it is, baby. Yep. So it is. Yep. It's six by nine images on 120 film. Yep. Wow. Oh, and it's got a Heliar lens. Sure. Well, okay. Got so it. here's the deal. Here's the deal. The Heliar yes. lens, our uh, camera repair person who we love dearly, yes. uh, he said, oh, that's the camera. He told oh. her that. He said, that's the, the Heliar is the one, but wow. but it's just slightly better than the one, than the whatever the normal one is. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I was pretty impressed. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Not a big folder shooter, but interesting. It's exciting. <sighs> we're going to roll into a saga in a minute. Uh, I, I've been drum rolling it a little bit, but we're going to talk about one more thing. We're going to talk about the scenario in which the saga unfolded. Gabe and I went to 
a photo walk so this fun. past weekend. It was at the Getty Center in Los Angeles. Gabe, should I talk about the Getty Center, or is that a subject for no, a different No, I think that's for a different podcast. I don't want your <laughs> blood pressure to boil so early in our episode 51. Can I just do a sentence? My sister is still complaining about how much I talked about the Getty Center during this photo walk. It was very funny. But but wait a minute. Let's talk about something what? about this photo okay, walk. Okay, go. Yes, why don't, you, all... why don't you lead us into it? Yeah, so this all started um, with Los Angeles uh, Photography Club. Brand which new. Is brand new. And um, Katie, who runs it, you know, she posted a couple things and... There was a meetup at a coffee thing, and I I don't I think the first one there was, I don't know maybe eight people or something like that, and the second one, I went to at another coffee place, and it was just all different people. It was all new Neat. people for me. Yeah, going to beers and cameras, going to any other photo meetup, it was fantastic, and we're just all new people, a whole new slew of photo geeks, which was so great, and everyone brought their cameras and and just talked. And it grew from like seven people. I think when I got there, there were six people and they grew to like 30 people. Like, yeah. It was crazy. And this this one was remarkably well attended. There yeah. were probably it was 40 people, it was maybe really more. Fun. It was really, really fun. What do you think goes into the making of a successful photo walk? Like we're never going to do one because we're far more, far too successful. Oh yeah, that, we'll, we'll, but, we'll, uh, we might be doing one very soon. Um, yes. So the thing what is, here's what here's one. what I love, and I, this is just probably I don't know why, but I love. We were all sitting around talking about cameras, and I could do that for hours. So yes. I don't need to be walking. I don't need to be doing a photo uh. because I feel that these sometimes like like beers and cameras. Like I love I love the beginning. I like the wraparound. I like the beginning and I like the end. I like the beginning where we meet up at a coffee place and we're all talking on and on. And then we walk and sort of split up and everyone's, you know, sometimes taking pictures and but no one's really talking. And then when you get to the, you know, the end, if it's a brewery or whatever, it's so much fun. Like everyone's yeah. mingling and you're talking and. I love it. So I'm just not, yes, photo walks are lovely. I'm just not the photo walk kind of guy. I think that's what the Would truth you is. be more into a photo sit oh, than I, a photo walk? I would love a photo sit. And I think that's yeah. got such a catchy name. Um, <laughs> that we may want to do. Yes, we're that I would do. Photo sit. I think we find a photo sit. Yes, it could be a coffee place, it could be anywhere, but we will be sitting. I do like, and I don't know how you do this, but one of the things I liked about this group was very diverse group. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Younger photographers, older photographers. It was 50 50 female male, yeah. which made me really, really happy because, you know, I, I don't like the sort of stereotypic, smelly, older white guys in their photo vests kind of situation. And Although I like very, them too. <laughs> I do like them too. They usually have, they usually have the best cameras. Right. Um, but uh, but anyway, this was a really good group, and it was obviously a very photogenic setting. <laughs> Don't start. See, Jeff has a personal thing against the Getty. It has nothing to do with the photo walk. Has nothing to do with the Los Angeles Photography no, Club. No. It's, it has nothing to do with the fact that we met there and it was so much fun. Jeff no, has no, an no, issue no. with the architecture. The architecture, and, and yes. he takes it very personal that that it was something done intentionally to piss him off. To, it feels like it was done to me. Yes. Twice. Right. Okay. I'm just going to do a sentence or two on this because it is a subject for another podcast. I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. In the, I believe, 1980s, <laughs> uh, a commission 
was given to the architect Richard Meyer to build a brand new museum, a world-class museum for a world-class city, the High Museum of Art. It is an absolute disaster. It looks like a toilet. And the exhibition spaces are terrible. The central atrium is a total ripoff of the Guggenheim. I think Richard Meyer is a hack. Okay? On the back of this, Meyer gets the commission for the Getty Center, a world-class museum in a world-class city, and probably the single greatest site for a museum that any architect will ever be handed. Right. This magnificent site overlooking West Los Angeles. It's incredible. Yes. And he builds, to me, the worst museum in any major city on the planet. I, I mean, think it is a catastrophe. <laughs> How could it be a catastrophe? We saw a beautiful art exhibit there, which we'll talk about in a second. No, the exhibit, which we'll talk about in a second, the exhibit was exemplary. The yes. collection is great. The curators, brilliant. The exhibition spaces, terrible. The <laughs> use of the site, catastrophic <laughs> if you are up at the getty center yes. which as i said is on this kind of promontory overlooking the city in anything but early april <laughs> you will either freeze or fry there are no overhanging trees there's no attempt to create shade you have to take a monorail to get up there it's very inhospitable should i keep ranting i know i said i would keep it short also well <laughs> gabe hates when i talk about this stuff this may get cut in addition to being a hack Oh, He's yeah, also no, not a good person. That's not going to make it in our show. <laughs> um, that won't make it in our show. Get, but that probably I'll tell you one thing. Okay. That, yes. That probably get cut. But um, but look, this is how I look at it. You know, oh. sometimes I'd like a ride. Sometimes I'm not at Disneyland, okay. and I like to go on I the uh, monorail and and take a ride up there, and and you see other photographers. It's so, and when you get there, it's so fun. It's like. You, you get to these things and you're just looking for someone with a camera and then everyone sort of meets yes. up. It's so great. Look, what are you, it, what are you shooting is, yes. with? Yeah. What lens are you using? What film are you using? I just, I don't want to make, this is not a Getty Setter podcast, but how many times a year do you go to the Getty? I, this year, hold on. This year I went, well, hold on. January, uh, uh, March. Never, never. I really never right. went at all. Yeah. Yes. No one. Yeah. Angelinos like us who love art and love <laughs> photography never go there because it's hideous. <laughs> it's punishing. Okay, but that said, okay, we saw an exhibition oh. by Carrie Mae Weems and Davood. Oh, I don't I don't want to do this. Bay. Davood Bay, right. Oh my God, was this amazing. 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 I mean, I knew her as kind of like a Life magazine kind of oh, photographer. Oh, boy, were we I wrong. did not yeah. know about the conceptual Beautiful. work. Beautiful. And also seeing these like heroically sized portraits. Yep. What an extraordinary show. Getty's photography shows are unparalleled in Los Angeles. I mean, we don't really have a photography museum here anymore. We used to have the Annenberg, but right. now we don't. So the shows of photography at the Getty have without fail been extraordinary, and this was no exception. It was great. I'll probably end up getting the catalog. So that made it worth it. And of course, the lovely people we met. Should I now talk about the saga? The saga could take okay, a while. So I, I think it's saga? definitely we talk about a saga. But l let me just tell the listeners. Yes. You really, um, I could feel the saga happening. I could feel um. every moment of it about to happen. And all I was saying is, please don't happen. Please don't happen. But. Jeff, why don't you explain? 
<sighs> okay, we we probably need to go back in the mists of history to August of 2022. Not that long ago. No. When I impulsively decided on a trip to London to purchase a Hasselblad X-Pan, which as you guys may recall, was a camera I had just talked to myself, with the help of Chris Chu, out of getting. Right. You were never going to touch it. I don't need it. You don't need it. I don't need it. What do I need it for? I have a wide lux. X-Pans are expensive. Uh, they break. And when they break. They have a finite. Yeah. And when they break, they're not often repairable, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember saying on this very podcast that it may be a short love affair. Right. But it will be a love affair nonetheless. Okay, an unfortunate thing happened. This has surged to the top of my, I mean, it may be my favorite camera now. Oh, you use it all I the time. I, I always tell people that that is the right camera for you. It's perfect. It has completely changed the game for me. Now, I still love my Alpa. I still love my Olympus XA4. Uh, but I would say since I got this camera, anytime I go out, this is the one I bring. I shoot it. I've run 30, 40, 50 rolls through this thing. I mean, I have really worked it up a lot, okay? And I now can process my own film and I can scan it with my camera dactyl mongoose. And so it is so pleasurable. As a matter of fact, for Gabe's birthday, I gave him a print of a shot that Love I took it. with the X-Pan at Griffith Park. I am obsessed with this thing. And so in the last few weeks, <laughs> it developed a squeak. It's a very a unique, very unique squeak. Yes. Yes. And I think I said this. This is an electronic camera with an electronically controlled shutter. There are no parts available for this thing. I heard this little squeak and I got concerned. The camera was working okay. And of course, if you Google yeah. X-Pan squeak, it is usually the beginning of a sad and terrible saga, not unlike the one that I am in the midst of unrolling. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep shooting with it. It is shooting. It's fine. It's not stopping. It's not yeah, spontaneously totally. rewinding in mid-roll. It seems to be okay. The pictures are still okay. I do check in with our camera repair guy. And he says, I will actually read you precisely what he said. Uh, <laughs> he said, it's a vertical travel shutter. Tricky to service, but I can look and see if I can help. Then he said, and then I said, it's a very occasional squeak. Should I just keep shooting with it or bring it to you? He said, it may come and go. Noises can be in the shutter or cocking me mechanism. It's quite complex to diagnose. Boy. And then I said, all right, I'll keep an eye on it. I am on this photo walk and I am doing the thing that I do at photo walks these days, which is I oh so casually have an X-Pan over my shoulder and I don't make any big deal of it, but I just know that I have a cooler camera than anybody at this outing. Right. I am framing a picture, <laughs> I press the shutter, and nothing happens. And I see it in his face, and I almost have a picture of it happening, but yes. Ooh. It's not pretty, people. I turn it off, I turn it on again. I push a lot of buttons, I change the shutter speed, I do, nothing happens. When I push the shutter, the display uh, with the uh, frame counter shows an inexplicable glyph that corresponds with no letter or number. It's horrifying. It's like it's like when they first see the alien in Alien. Yeah. Okay. I get very upset. I text with the guy. 
I say, it looks like it's seized up. Can I bring it in? He said, sure, bring it in. <sighs> then I think, you know what? Okay, I have talked about one of the nice things about the X-Pan is that shots that you take go into the cartridge as you shoot them. So if you open the back in the midst of a roll, you're not losing images that you've already shot. I think, you know what? This was a roll I bulk loaded myself. Maybe there's a problem with the roll. Hmm. Open the back, put in a new roll. It comes right back to life and it has been fine ever since. Right. But. But. <laughs> Which but are we going to pursue at I, I, this I think point? we start with the confidence one. So now you're going to be going on a big trip. Yes, to, this, uh, is the, this is the big problem. I have never been to Paris, gentlemen and ladies, never. Uh, I'm a full-grown human being who has never been to Paris, and now I am going, and it's going to be very romantic. And I am not going to bring any other camera but the X-Pan, okay? I might bring the X-A4 as a backup, just so I don't have to lug a big thing around sometimes, but I'm going to Paris. I want to photograph it with my X-Pan. Now I have a camera I can't count on. What would you do? Gabe, what would you do? The trip is soon. The trip is in 12 days. Well, here's, here's the do? problem. Because if I was you, because you love that camera, that's what you have to say. It can't just be, what I would do is just take another camera. No. I, um, I think You would just take another camera. I would probably take another camera. But in your case, because you love that camera so much... You need that camera in Paris. Now, Yes. the problem is, is you were starting to think like me, that if it doesn't work, then maybe you should have a backup. That was the next order uh, of thinking. Here's the problem. Okay, I just want to hold this up because we may need a shot of this thing. This is my beloved. Look at the lovely... Okay. Yes, I started to think like Gabe Sachs. What about a backup? Because the thing is, gang... Even if I take this to our faithful camera repair guy and he pronounces it fixed or he looks it over and says, I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't have the confidence anymore. Right. I had it before. Now I don't. Right. I don't really have time. <laughs> also, between now and then. Now, I was going to be directing next week. My schedule has changed. But I was thinking, oh, no, I don't even have time to take this down to the southern part of Los Angeles, <laughs> and drop it off with this guy and bring right. it back because I'm working. Right. So I did start to think about a backup. Guys, X-Pans, not cheap. <laughs> not cheap. And do I want two of the same camera? Gabe, this do is, I want two this of is, the same? Uh, this is Jeff Justify. <laughs> this is what he's doing right here. He's just waiting for someone to say, of course, go get another one. That's what you need to do. But Here's the, thing the problem. That, yeah. Yes. The problem is that you're going to, if you have two X-Pans, okay, luckily one, um, just something's telling me if you did get it, it would have a warranty for a little bit. At least it would work for uh, the time that you were gone in Paris. Um, I don't know. I, I think that you're going to want to stick with your first one mm. and, and not fall in love with the second one. Okay, here's what I did, gang. <laughs> Here, here comes, ladies and gentlemen. This is so bad. And I want to cost listeners with a weak stomach. You may want to just, I mean, you may want to just skip to the closing <laughs> credits. Uh, this is rough. I also want to say that I, 
I I know my privilege in being able to make a decision like this. Yes. Okay? Yes. All right. There you go. So just know, once again, if you want to skip ahead past the extraordinarily, <laughs> extraordinarily privileged section. <sighs> okay, so here's what I did. Some of you may know <laughs> that are aficionados of the X-Pan that there is a variant, a second model called the X-Pan 2. Yes. Okay. Fujifilm, which developed this camera in concert with Hasselblad, also sold the X-Pan under the name TX1. And then they made a slightly improved version. I'm going to talk about the improvements in a moment called the X-Pan 2. Fujifilm sold it as the TX2. Gabe, question. Did they correct the flaking paint from the X-Pan, its most egregiously terrible feature? Probably not. Yes or no? Probably not. No, they did not. No, they did not. They did not correct its most egregiously terrible feature. However, they did do the following things. Are you ready? I made a list. Is this game? Oh, is this boy. still interesting? Yes, yes. Because P- okay. I, I already, <laughs> I already hear people texting me and just going, "Is he oh, out he... of his mind?" Okay, go on. Okay, here we go. The X-Pan Two. It has shutter speed and exposure information in the viewfinder. In the viewfinder, my friends, as opposed to on the back of the camera. Did you know that? No. Some people don't like that. They like an uncluttered Leica-style finder with no information in it. Some people think it's awfully good to know what your shutter speed is when you're using an aperture priority rangefinder. That's thing one. Thing two, multiple exposure support, up to nine exposures. I don't know if I'll ever use that, okay? But it exists. You can, it has the a longer delay time when you're shooting bulb. It also has a longer self-timer delay. You can set the self-timer to either two seconds or 10 seconds. You can do flash sync front curtain or rear curtain. How about that? Hmm. Here's a thing that I actually care about. You cannot use the original X-Pan with infrared film. It will fog it because it has a sensor that counts the number of sprockets that unfortunately will fog infrared film. The X-Pan 2 does not. So you can shoot infrared panoramas in your X-Pan 2. Right. It has, here's another thing that I care about a lot. Instead of rewinding the film all the way into the cassette, it leaves the tab out. Are you sensing an orgy of self-justification? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the name of my autobiography, by the way, but thank you. Ah! Go on. It has an electronic remote control you can get. It has uh, diopter lenses for people with weird vision. And it has some sort of different lens shade. I don't know, something like that. Okay, that's it, baby. That's it. They also, basically, they moved a lot of the controls to an LCD panel on the back. So you can't accidentally change the film speed, stuff like that. If you want to do exposure compensation, you, you need to use the back. People comparing the two, some like the original, some like the uh, the updated one. Gabe, if I'm getting a second X-Pan, I'm not getting a second X-Pan. I'm getting the X-Pan 2. You know what? You're getting another X-Pan. It doesn't matter how you slice it. I... Another X-Pan is going to be in your hands. I found one for sale <laughs> at a very cheap price. Right. And by very cheap. And by cheap. He, by yeah, X-Pan he Sambers. 600 other cameras, right? <laughs> by the way, I just said a nonsense word. I think I said Sambers. By <laughs> X-Pan standards, not yes. Sambers, right. which is not a word. No. By X-Pan standards, 
It was very cheap. I ordered it. It will be here Wednesday. Oh, boy. What do you think of this? I think this what are your is, thoughts? I think it's a little wackadoodle. Now, mm. the problem, wait, I will say this, though. Okay, here's the problem. There is a warranty on the second one. Yes. Right, where you're able a to bring it back. six-month warranty. Okay, that's one thing. Yes. The other thing is you are in a time crunch. So it wasn't the kind of thing where you could just go and get the first one fixed and right. know if it was going to be working. So there's there's a lot of that. Yes. So I uh, think that it's absolutely ridiculous. But no, I yes. think it's absolutely fine and ridiculous. I think that, uh, you know, it's your favorite camera. And yeah. um, we'll see what happens. You just have to get the this right um, uh, belt that will hold both of them, like in a holster. Oh, jeez. Okay, here's a question for you. Okay, I just want to say as a little sidebar, when I was going through my thought process, friends, yeah. I was texting with Gabe Sachs about this, who endorsed this cockamamie plan. <laughs> he did endorse the plan. I he did, may be backing off it a little bit now, <laughs> but he did endorse the plan, so right. I want to thank him for that. Right. I, I was, okay, I did think about the whole Gabe Sachs have a backup thing. Yes. You know, you had a Roloflex seize up on you, and you shot with a backup for a while until that thing got fixed. Absolutely. So your plan is not completely insane when it involves <laughs> one of your favorite cameras. The Roloflex is one of your favorites. This is you very true. You needed a backup. It's very true. But also, you have talked the Roloflex about, yes. is, yes. is um, slightly is. less than the money. Money. <laughs> yes. So, gang... There you have it. Now, here is a question that I have not asked you. Yes. When I go to Paris, right? do I bring just the new one? No. Or do I no. bring... Oh, yeah, yeah, you have I to bring both. There's no that. question. I knew no you were going to say this. If you buy them, you have to, buy, you have to bring two because you never know what's going to happen. And if it does break down, you'll be so thankful that you have this other camera with you. Yeah. That's oh. my thoughts. Yep. So I have to bring like three cameras. I have yes, to bring the course. XA4 and I have to bring the X-Pan and the X-Pan 2. Of course. Do I bring the 45 and the 90 no. or just the 45? Just the 45. Just the That's 45. That's the right answer. That's it. Just the 45. Do I bring the tilt shift Nikon with the adapter no. so I can shoot a 28 on there? I don't know. Say no, please. No, you don't need that. Okay. Listeners, uh, I want to apologize um, for that story. Oh, uh, there you I go. I don't know what to do. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Oh, boy. Uh, the camera is the best thing that's ever happened to me. It is, a, it is a turning point in my photographic journey, and so now I am doubling down on it. Right. And I got to say, guys, okay, and then we're going to get off this because we have other things we want to cover. Other people talk about other panoramic cameras. They talk about your Noblex. They talk about your Fuji in a cage. You know the Fuji in a cage that I'm talking about? The panoramic yep. Fuji that's mm -hmm. like 6 by 19 or something. They talk about their <laughs> Fujis in cages. They talk about You need about a crane their, to carry it around? Yeah. Yes. Your Lomo Sprocket Rocket. They talk about your Wide Lux, which I do have. They talk about... What else do they talk about, Gabe? I mean, they talk about your Horizon. They talk about all of the exotic... <laughs> Gang, I am sorry to tell you this. This is the best panoramic camera ever made by a fair distance. Nothing comes close. The Wide Lux is great, but it is a special effects camera. 
And those special effects are interesting, but I would not consider the Wide Lux an acceptable substitute for the X-Pan when going on a trip like this. I just wouldn't. I would, the, the panoramas right. that result would be interesting, but they would not really be a document of the journey. Look at Gabe. Gabe has That's the most fair. interesting look on his face right now. <laughs> Two X-Pans. So That's all the I'm saga. thinking about. I have to see I them know. together. God. Okay, yeah. I mean, may I'll post this to Instagram when we get there. Yes. Okay, you'll yes. see me and two X-Pans. Please name my them. My God, if you had ever told me. Yeah, well, you know, I, I haven't named my cameras. No. Okay, I've never named a camera. It might be time to do this. Mm-hmm. It'll be Cain and Abel. <laughs> <laughs> Which is or it'll be the, it'll be Jekyll and Hyde. Right. Um, all right, listeners, I welcome your comments on this saga. Oh, it's going to okay? be a it's going to be a shooting gallery, my friend. It is going to be a shooting gallery. Would you have done this? Okay. Would you have done it? Would you have done what I did? Is this an ostentatious? I'm saying words that don't make sense. I, oh, you know. You get it. You go get ahead it. and damn me for my ostentatious exactly. display. Okay, you could feel free to do that. I t- I'll gladly take it. Perfect. Okay? Um, what would you have done? Also, listen. The Paris trip is in a minute. What has happened to me? <laughs> These are all the things that would have been edited out, gang. Right, it's not happening. Uh, yeah. The Paris trip is imminent. Yes, it is. Any photographic advice for a first time or places to go? To the Eternals- please send messages yeah. to iDream yeah. of Cameras and Instagram and let yes. Jeff know uh, because uh, I will not be the one going on this romantic trip. Yes. In case you were so, wondering. Yes. Okay. <laughs> one more thing I want to mention that I'm going to throw to Gabe, see if anything else is warrants discussion. Okay. In the course of searching eBay, yes. when I was looking for these cameras, I was trying to use that hack that we talked about that enables you to find the start time of an auction. You remember that? Yep. And it was very useful in finding out just how desperate a seller might be. Guess what, friends? eBay closed that loophole. Why? Hack doesn't work anymore. I don't know. Hack doesn't work. But I found a trick. Hmm. If you search, for example, if you search for X-Pan and where it says sort by, you can sort by price high to low. You can sort by price low to high. You can sort by time, newly listed. You can sort by best match. If you sort by time, newly listed, it will give you a column with all of the start times of all of the auctions that match that keyword. So that's how you do it now. How about that, baby? There you go. So that's the new trick. It's not quite as elegant, but it's maybe simpler because you don't have to use view source in Chrome or whatever that crazy idea was. Right. Also, watch what? Uh, also, watchcount.com, which used to have stats on eBay auctions. N'existe pas. That's uh, French for the that I got that from the uh, phrase book in advance <laughs> of this trip. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Gabe, that was the saga. What else is going on in your that world? That is a great saga. I think it was, uh, that was an adventure. Um, I've been processing a little more. Which yeah, I'm what about excited, that? Very excited about that. And I got everything together and I find it much easier than I remembered. I was very nervous, except I, this is something people must help me with. So when I'm loading the reels in the, um, in the dark bag, right? When yeah. I'm loading the reels, 
I can't do it unless I close my eyes. Now, can you explain it? Oh, yes. Why am, yes. why am I closing my eyes? We talked about this. Oh, I, there's no reason to close my eyes. It's already in the bag and I'm manipulating it. But when I close my eyes, I do it a little better. Just so you yeah. know. I don't know why. I <laughs> tried loading uh, some reels in a changing bag yep. uh, today and uh, I did the same thing. I it makes thought of you. No sense whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know why I do it either, but uh, I did do it too. Yeah, that's that's um, very fun. And then the next thing I'm going to do, I'm going to figure out um, how to shoot more with the giant Super D camera. That's what? my Graflex Super D, the Ooh! big giant one that was fixed. I am. Uh, I just need to get the frame lines down on the uh, Finder on the. Uh, yeah ground glass and i will be in business so that's really uh up to date that's the excitement excellent excellent well uh listeners please let us know do you close your eyes when loading <laughs> developing reels and do you have any tips for a neophyte gla- graflex shooter yes, i know you'll please. be consulting with chris and Raphael on this matter oh there's so many there's a whole other world there in there's a graflex group i'm learning yes. about okay yes. All right, well, we're going to wrap this one up, gang, so we can ship it out, okay, promptly with uh, warts and all. Um, <laughs> the stuff that I said in the middle about a renowned architect will probably have gotten yeah, cut. Those, that'll um, be removed. But that's probably all the only, that's the only editing that you will hear on this episode. Um, as always, uh, let's see. Uh, as always, you can find us on Instagram at I Dream of Cameras. You can find us on YouTube at I Dream of Cameras. You can find Gabe as Gabe Sachs. You can find me as FJ... Wow. What? You can find me as S. Jeff, as S. <laughs> ah, Jeff Greenstein because Jeff Greenstein is a tax fraud felon. Please email us. Our email address, idreamofcameras at gmail.com. Please write to us. The amnesty is over. We will now be responding to your emails yes. like the menches that we are. We are back, people. We are back. All right. Gabe Sachs, whom do we have to thank? We have got to thank Keith Greenstein, yeah. who has given us a look. He has designed stickers that we are able to hand out to people uh, when we're trying to get them to listen to our podcast, which we do at every kind of uh, meetup we show up at, which we love. And it's yes. a great conversation starter. So we thank him for that. And yeah. Fred Corey for his amazing yeah. musical talent. And the for best. his cues and his themes and his everything he contributes to the show. And in other news, Fred Corey will be getting another camera soon. So stay tuned for that Ooh. news. It's very exciting. Fantastic. All right, gang. Well, yep. this has been episode 51. Okay. Hiccups and all. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Gabe, walk us out of here. So please, this is what I encourage all of you to do. Find people in your friend group, find people on Instagram, on and on, and have a meetup. You can skip the walk. Just get together and talk <laughs> photo about it. Photo sit, go hang out at a camera shop, or even better, go to a coffee shop with a little snack here and there, and you'll have a great time. So uh, go meet up with your friends and shoot a bunch of pictures and develop it yourself. That's what I have to say right now. We will see you next episode at 52, which also may be 1972.